Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is a video teaching series, Our Motives from God's Perspective, Part 4. This is lesson number 9 of Part 4, and uh, we're still looking closely at the verse uh, that is the fulcrum of all of Part 4, it's the one that everything is balanced on. And that is 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. And we have, we have looked at each portion of this verse in the previous verse, previous lessons, uh, in detail. Each portion, every bit of this verse. And now we're down to the last part of this verse and so this lesson is going to look at, for when I'm weak, I am strong. And as we've been doing in this examination of the verse, we're looking at the Greek words, which were, are the divinely inspired uh, words of this verse. So uh, let's look at the phrase, when I am weak, for when I am weak. The word for, according to Strong's, means assigning a reason used in argument, explanation, intensification, often with other particles. So Paul is assigning a reason. Uh, and therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. Uh, so here is the reason. This is what's going to happen because of me taking pleasure in all of this for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, uh, then I then am I strong. So the word for means to assign a reason. The word when means whenever, implying hypothesis uh, or more or less uncertainty. Uh, Thayer says it means, that's strong. Thayer says it means when, whenever, as long as, as soon as. So it's it's talking about a point that we're getting to. So all of this is happening. I'm submitting to all of these things, all of this thorn in my life. I'm all these infirmities, uh, the general term infirmities, infirmities of uh, the specific term infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses. All of these things are for Christ's sake. And the reason that I am submitting to them is I want to reach that point, that point in time and place in God that I am weak. That's the goal, is to reach that place. So when I when I reach this, this condition, when I let the Holy Ghost bring me to an understanding and I accept that understanding, I am weak. Without him, I can do nothing. And... And I then embrace that. And by his grace, I live that so that I'm, I don't try to do anything myself. Now, that's a process. Nobody comes to that as an event. Nobody. When I am weak, I am strong. Nobody comes to that as an event. It is a process. That's why there are infirmities, plural, Reproaches, plural. Necessities, plural. Persecutions, plural. Distresses, 
plural, because throughout the span of this process, those things will continue to work in my life to continue to make me weaker and weaker in my own eyes, pointing out more and more and more my inability to do this myself. Therefore, I give up on me and I rely completely on God. That's the process and the purpose of the process. Uh, the word weak here means to be feeble in any sense by strong. Thayer says it means to be weak, to be feeble, to be without strength, to be powerless. It comes from the Greek root word that means uh, strengthless. That's strength with the prefix, the negative prefix on it. Strengthless in various applications, literally and figuratively. Uh, that uh, Thayer says it means weak, infirm. That the root word means weak, infirm, feeble. Well, and the root word of the root word of weak uh, is again. It is the word to strengthen, uh, and the negative of that uh, to strengthen. Uh, uh, figurative, uh, figuratively, confirm. Uh, Thayer says that root word of the root word is to make strong, to strengthen, used of one's soul. So God is trying to make my soul understand how weak my humanity is in being able to do what it wants to do. So if I want to please God, if my soul wants to please God and it relies on the flesh, my soul has got to come to the understanding that it cannot, that the flesh has no ability to please God. So the soul then has to make the decision and to surrender its will so that the spirit is the one that makes me strong so that I am able or capable of pleasing God. So by his expository Dictionary of the original word weak literally means to lack strength, to lack strength, or to lack ability. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3 says, Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you it is not weak, but is mighty in you, for through he for though he was crucified through weakness, Yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. You're looking for proof that it's God speaking through me to you. For ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. You, you want this proof. Well, here's the proof. It may not be the proof you're looking for. For though he, Christ, uh, was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. What was the weakness? His flesh. Who in the days of his flesh, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, offered up prayer with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard. So, <laughs> Paul saying, Christ was crucified through weakness, and yet he liveth by the power of God. So we also 
or weak in him. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Well, what an absolute beautiful statement of the comparison of the revelation of human weakness and the revelation of what God's power will do through us. God's power doesn't do enable us to do it. God's power does it through us. Why? Because we're dead and our life is hid with Christ and God. But I see you doing it. I hear your voice. No, no. You're hearing the voice of the conduit, the instrument that he is using. But the idea is through dying out to myself to be as neutral of a conduit as it's possible to be. So I do not initiate. I respond. Well, we can pray. Yes, I pray. But I want to be responsive to him activating prayer with through me at any moment in time. We have an infirmity. Romans 8, 26. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. We have an infirmity. All of us have an infirmity. We don't know how to pray. Oh, but I've learned to pray. Yeah, well, then that's your problem right there. You've learned to pray. But we have an infirmity. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Paul said we, present tense, we have an infirmity. For we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself helpeth our infirmity. And the word help there doesn't mean uh we do it, but he's just kind of there egging us on and holding us up. No, the word help there literally means to get on the other side of something and lift it with you. It's like, take my yoke up on you, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke. You get in the yoke with me. As I explained in a previous lesson on that yoke, we are with him in that yoke. But the farmer always put the older, mature, stronger oxen in a yoke with a weaker, younger oxen that was growing and be trained. And that younger oxen was always junior to the senior. And all the younger oxen had to do was to stay in step with the older oxen. Because the older oxen's one really pulling the load. They look together. They look like they're together. You look at that, you take a picture. There's two oxen in a yoke. But in fact, the older oxen is doing the work and the younger oxen is just participating with him. That's the yoke. And it's in that place that we learn of Jesus. And it's in that place that we find rest for our souls. No strain, no problem, no pressure. We find rest for our souls. The scripture says uh, that Paul said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The word then, when, then, is, Strong says it means then, when. At that time, that, at the time, that, of a past or future, also in consecutive, in consecution, uh, which is a word I've never seen before. Thayer <laughs> uh, says it means then at that time. When I am weak, then 
at that time, I am strong. Am I, am I strong? When I am not strong, when I'm, when I'm strong, when I am strong, when my humanity is strong, when I am, when I am relying on me, I'm not strong. I'm weak, but I think I'm strong and I'm trying to act like I'm strong and I'm trying to prove to God I'm strong, but I'm not strong. It's when I am weak, then am I strong. And only then, from God's perspective, I am only strong when I'm strong in him. I am strong no other time. What we call strong, God calls carnality. When we are relying upon our flesh, our human will, our human desires, our human love for God. When we are relying on him and on that to do the will of God. That's carnality. No matter how right it looks like we're doing. The proof that it's carnality and really weakness, not strength, is I can't sustain it. I can't sustain it. Huh. I can say to you right now. Let's go run a mile and I can take off really good. <laughs> and it can look, and I will take off like, and look like I've got the confidence I can run that mile. But trust me right now, because I have not been in training to do that, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to run that mile. Now I might be able to walk it. And then my flesh would say, well, I finished the mile. No, you said, let's go run a mile. No, well, well, I finished a mile. That's what matters. I finished a mile. No, see there? When I can't, when I fail, my flesh wants to change the rules, change the definition so that it doesn't look like I failed. Because if I failed, now I've got to figure out why I failed. And that's hard to be honest about, isn't it? It's real hard to be honest about why I failed. And it's also really hard to be honest with myself about why I try and succeed for a while, then fail, and then get up eventually and try hard. It may be harder now and uh, maybe succeed for longer, but I fail and I do this over and over and over again. Why? Why? Because it's hard to acknowledge to myself that I'm relying on my flesh to, to try to do something spiritual. I'm trying to please God through because my motive is to win his approval so that I can get credit from him rather than him be glorified because whoever gets the credit gets the glory. And I'm, I'm looking to get credit for what I do for God. I, I deserve to get paid for this. Really? Yeah. Deserve to get paid. Yeah, well, if you're trying to obligate God to give you something that you think you've earned or deserve, then you are weak and don't even know it because the law was good, but it was weak through the flesh because flesh couldn't keep the law. Because if I offend in one point of the law, I'm guilty of the whole law. So <laughs> that one fault and failure, of not keeping the law negates in God's eyes 
all that I've done because if I'm trying to earn righteousness and the root concept of righteousness is innocence, then one act of guilt undermines innocence. So the only way I can be righteous or innocent is by repenting, being water baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then learning to walk in this new life, submitting to the process while God does this. He gives me righteousness by faith when I obey his gospel. But then that righteousness works in me to produce right actions. I've said this before. You don't do right to get right. You get righteousness to do right. I don't get good to get God. I get God to get good. Because He, I have to accept his love just like I am without earning it or deserving it. Because then he gets the glory for loving me. But he loves me too much to leave me like I am. So his love by his word and spirit works in me to change me. That's called grace. It's the word and the spirit at work in me to do in me what I cannot do myself. His word and the spirit working in me to bring me into a place that's pleasing with him. He gets credit for that work because he's the one empowering it. He's the one prompting it and motivating it and all that. So therefore, he gets the credit for that and the glory, which is pure motive. Motive from God's perspective. So then... At that time, when then, when this condition is met, then this will take place. It's if then, or therefore when then. When I am weak, then and only then am I strong. The word am I or I am there is only used in the Greek for emphasis because most Greek Verbs have the pronoun implied in the form of that verb. Now, English doesn't do that very much, but Spanish and French and uh, Italian, uh, these these uh, languages, they come from from that uh, that root, and it. That root lets us know who we're talking to, male or female, I, you, he, them. Uh, So when the Greek, which does that with the verb tense, uh, when the Greek does that, puts the I in that, the I am, he is, you are, When the Greek puts that into the text, it does it for emphasis. So he could have said, when I am weak, then strong. And the the verb strong or, or, or whatever verb I'm using could have been used just strictly for strong. But he puts the emphasis in there, the I am strong. When I am weak, then am I 
strong. The word strong here in the Greek means is not dunamis. It is dunatos. dunatos. It, it is from the, uh, the, the word dunamei, which is the root word also for dunamis, to be able or capable. So the word strong uh, means powerful or capable. Uh, according to Strong, Stair says it means able, powerful, strong, mighty, strong in soul, to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience, strong in Christian virtue. It means to be able to do something, mighty, excelling in something, having power for something. So when it says, when I am weak, that's talking about a condition, not a failure. It's an acknowledgement I'm not able. Then am I strong? That's not talking about an action. It's talking about capability. Christ's spirit in me strengthens me or gives me the capability through him to do it. Now that's from the root word, dunamai, which means to be able or possible. According to Strong's, Thayer says it means to be able to have power, whether by virtue of one's own ability or resources or of a state of mind or through favorable circumstances or by permission of law or culture or by impartation from the Holy Ghost. That word dunatos, which is the one in this particular text, means literally, uh, according to Strong's, powerful, mighty, where the strength lies in bearing Christ's suffering in the realization that the endurance is for Christ. The complete biblical uh, library dictionary says it means having power, mighty, capable, possible. So Ephesians 3, Paul said it this way, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. I'm praying for you that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory, his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And this is what Paul is praying that would happen to us because we are empowered by God's spirit. He is giving us, his spirit is is imparting to us power, his power to do this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And the word dwell there means he takes up residence. He's not just visiting. That ye being rooted and grounded in love, that your 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 security and your foundation of life is the love of Jesus. That you may be able to comprehend or apprehend or understand and receive and take hold of with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height of his love, the perspective, the, 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 the immensity of his love. And to know the love of Christ, to know experientially, not just intellectually, the love of Christ which passeth knowledge or surpasses knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
So Paul is saying, if you can be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man, because you've come to the place of weakness, that you acknowledge that without him you can do nothing. And when you are weak, then he is able to do all these things in you. And what's the result of becoming weak so that he can impart this strength to me and then he can work this through me? The next verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That sounds like prayer to me. Who's doing the doing? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. And as I've said earlier, that's the revelation that produces a prayer life. It can't, it can't not produce a prayer life. It can't not produce a life of prayer. Because if I really believe I'm weak, then I'm going to pray. I'm going to find the who, what, when, where, and how of God. And then how him of the will of God. And then let him activate that in me. And I'm going to wait on God while he does that in my life. And then wait on him till he activates and, and does it through my life. So now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. That sounds like prayer to me. Not all that we do or try, but all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have dunamis in you, but it's inherent power. It is, uh, it is potential. It doesn't accomplish anything. Until that power is activated, until that power is activated, there's nothing that God can do in us and through us. Until that power is activated. Huh. Oh, Jesus, help us. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in or through the instrumentality of the church by, by means of, by the agency of Christ Jesus throughout all Ages, world without end. So what he's doing in us and teaching us and what he's bringing us through to and through isn't just for here and now. He is teaching us this and doing, training us with this and equipping us with this knowledge, this understanding, this wisdom, this humility, this surrender to his will for all of time and eternity. Why? Because after the great white throne judgment, friend, there will only ever be one will in existence forever. And that's the will of God. And if we haven't learned to love the will of God, to seek the will of God, to do the will of God, there will only be one place for us. And that is outer darkness because we will have no place in his eternity. Because his eternity will be all about his will, his plan, his purpose. 
And if we haven't come to the place we love and are submitted to his plan, his purpose, then we have no place. If we want to run our lives and ask him to bless it, we want to make all our own decisions and ask him to bless our decisions. We don't have a place there. That's not the way it's going to be. That's what got the devil kicked out of heaven. He was perfect in all his ways. Ezekiel 28, 15 says, Since thou wast created, you're perfect in all your ways. Until iniquity was found in your heart. Until you decided you wanted to make your own decisions, run your own life. Until then. There's not going to be any place for those that have not come in this time to the place, in this temporal life to the place. That they love the will of God, that they seek to the will of God, they want to know the will of God, and they're submitted to the will of God for the Lord to do the will of God in their lives and through their lives. The scripture says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the, the kingdom of his dear Son. Verse 11 again. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience. For this cause, Paul said, since the, day, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. For what purpose? For the cause of, for the purpose of, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering with joyfulness. Because the Lord Jesus Christ wants to use us. And finally, Paul said this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may be not that may not be laid to their charge. I was forsaken and left alone, but I ask God to forgive them and not hold it against them. <laughs> I hope that's our attitude. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow. In Jesus' name, I want that. In Jesus' name, I pray you want that. That even if you're alone, you're not alone. The Lord stood with Paul and strengthened him. For what is the purpose of being made weak? so that we, we can be strong in him. What is the purpose? That by me, the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And he delivers me out of the mouth of the lion. And he delivers me for every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. 
Now, he didn't say he wasn't affected by all this. He was beheaded in prison. What he meant was, he will deliver me out of the mouth of the lion. All those things that are set against me, he will deliver me from the effects of them. I will not internalize them. They will not affect my place in God. He will deliver me from every evil work. It will not affect me. No matter if it is a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me, it will not affect me spiritually. It will cause me to grow in God, not withdraw from God. And it will preserve me unto the time that I am permanently a part of his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for you and I that this revelation, this wisdom and understanding would come to us, that we could fully see with our heart, heart, soul, mind, and spirit what this really means to us from God and that we might be able to walk in the manner by his grace, the empowerment of his spirit, that we might please him according to his will and his word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.